Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. How you doing, cousin? I'm wonderful. I just got off the air. Let me tell you, tonight's show, I know you had a light. You turned it off, but there was a light in your room that was shining right over your head. It made you look like you had a halo. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Tonight's show, they're all good, but tonight's show is just especially good with the reading of Tech And we're going to talk about him in just a bit. Yes. We're going to get into that in just a bit, but great show. Thank but you very much. Let me ask you, we're going to have our wine down. Cheers. What are you drinking? Because we're both- Cheers. I decided for Lent to give up alcohol and deep fried foods. I'm going to hang on to the oil. But um, so I have uh, sparkling water and palm juice. That palm juice? A little yes. That. What do you have? Ooh, so I, I also am giving up alcohol for Lent. So clinkity, clink, clink, clink. My fellow Christian sister, we're working for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. For Jesus. For Jesus. And so in, in honor of his Lord and say, my Lord and Savior, I'm giving up alcohol. And what I'm having instead is a glass of sparkling hibiscus lacroix. But because it's visible... It looks like champagne in my glass. Oh, but the hibiscus makes me feel all vegan-y. Yes. You see, and it gives you a little sparkle, gives you a little flavor, a little taste. So it's not just water, you know, it's something a little more special. So that is what I'm doing as well. So 40 days. So we're ending on the same day on Easter. We both can have a little Oh my cocktail. God. It'll be bottles up. So what is that what you're doing? Just alcohol, which is enough, I tell you, especially because you yeah. have been a lot lately anyway. I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm, you know, I've got a whole thing going where I'm also lower, you know, less sugar, less alcohol, but I'm not completely cutting, you know, less sugar. I mean, less sugar, less sodium. So I'm not cutting sugar and sodium completely for Lent. I'm just cutting it down, but, um, and I'm intermittent fasting. So I'm intermittent fasting, 16 hour stretch. And when do you like, when do you start your meals and when do you stop? So I can start eating at 10 a.m. and I have to stop at 6. So I end at the Sharpton hour. That's when he stops eating. So I, I, he does the same thing. And I'm, so I'm on, the, I'm on the Sharpton schedule. Are you trying to get the Sharpton side? Girl, if I could, I would. He need to, put, he need to eat a little, like... You can't even trick him to eat. No, he's dedicated. He is. De- oh, he's been dedicated for dedicated years. Dedicated for years. I've been out to restaurants with him. I've been over to people's how Tom Joyner would have these big dinners at his yes. house. Lived in, in New York, Sharpton, 6 p.m. He is done. Done. No, Red, we went, we were in South Africa with him, Jason and I. Um, we hung out with him in South Africa, you know, where there's lots of wonderful food. We went to lunch with him. I've been to, you know, his birthday thing where it's like everybody's eating. Yeah. He is the most dedicated, and not only is he dedicated to the schedule and his nutrition, he exercises literally every morning at like 4 a.m. or something, 4 or 5 a.m. He gets up uh-huh. Like, so he, I don't have that level of discipline. I'm just going to be honest. I am not nearly, I don't have Reverend Sharpton level discipline. Not so yet. It's a he struggle. Not, let's remember, he didn't always have it. No, it's true. He had to learn it. It's something he had to develop. Yeah, he had to develop it. So I'm going to retrain his brain. So you could do that too. But I'd love to say that one of the funniest things that I love, I haven't noticed it lately, is him in the gym on uh, IG Live or making a video from the gym, just talking to the people. Yes. Him in his gym clothes. Yes. And he's just like, I'm Reverend Sharpton in gym clothes. You better listen to what I'm saying. I'm Reverend Sharpton. And they're like, yes, sir. I love it. 
because he's doing that, right? Because he's showing himself doing that and talking about what he eats and the way he eats. He's inspiring other people. It's inspiring. Oh, no, he inspires me. I mean, you know, that's my big brother, Rev, and he he is very inspiring. If I had his, uh, honestly, I really want to develop his level of discipline because you're right. He had to teach himself that as an adult. It's not like he grew up with that level of discipline around food, and he had to just develop a different relationship around food, and he did it, and I feel like, you know, that inspires me to believe I can do it, so I'm working on it. Do you know what was what the catalyst was for him? Like, what was it that made him say, you know what, I'm going to stop eating this and eating that. And I'm going to change because he really, I mean, he's vegan. He's oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Okay, well, you know, I think, I don't know, because the last time I checked, he was pescatarian. Like, he was eating fish once a week. So okay. he might have gone all the way vegan, because I know he did give well, up. And I might be wrong, because when I've been around him, I have seen him eat vegan. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him eat fish, but I ain't around 24-7. So he yeah. may still be doing the pescatarian thing, but he mo- let's say he mostly eats meat. He, yeah, he barely ever eats meat. And I, I, I mean, I, yeah, last time, I, like I said, I knew him to be pescatarian and, you know, maybe eat an egg once in a while, but he's very, very disciplined. I don't know what the catalyst was, but he did say at one point, he used to make a joke where he would say, you know, he's like, everybody's out here telling me, Rev, you're too skinny. You need to eat. You need to be, you're too skinny. He's like, Nobody was telling me that when I was big. Nobody was like, Rev, you need to get your, get your health together. They didn't care about my health then. Like, he has a really funny way of talking about it, you know, and making it very down to earth because that's right. He had a catastrophe. You know, he had a big deal of a change in his image because I, you know, I'm, I met Rev. I didn't meet him, but, you know, I moved to uh, New York, back to New York, back to Brooklyn when I was, you know, 18. And, you know, Reverend Sharpton was this like legend, you know, and I told you the story. I I physically ran into him one time at the Brooklyn Tennis Club because he was giving a speech there. And I was like, I got to meet Reverend Sharpton because I just idolized the man. And I go and I I was going out and he was going in. I banged into him. And I, I, that, that, and I and I bumped into him and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry, young lamb, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I'm a klutz and this is the only time I'm ever going to meet Reverend Sharpton and I blew it. And that's what I thought. I was like, I'll never meet this man again and his only memory of me will be the klutz who run it, ran into him. And now he's like my friend. <laughs> he's like your BFF, basically. But he's my, ba- he's my pal. I never thought I would ever meet. And it's like, that's one of the cool things about this job. People, I never thought that. I, look, I used to watch you on, I used to watch y'all, y'all behind on BET. <laughs> and now look at him. And now look at us cousins. Who knew we were related? Yeah, we were related. You could have just <laughs> called me up. I could have just called your mama and been like, is that my cousin? <laughs> but the thing I love about Sharpton more than anything is that he is so funny. Yes, he's Oh hilarious. my God, he is one of the funniest people. Yes. I mean, he really, he could be a stand-up comedian but, or he could be a writer for Yes. Him. He could, but but you have but you notice though, and you know this because you have, you know, you, 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 you're a church girl pastors are funny like people don't give them a lot of credit you know people used to always say dr king was hilarious pastors are funny bishop barber hilarious like yet hilarious because pastors they have to have a gift of gab and a sense of showmanship in order to be good preachers so if you ever meet that's the difference between like a preacher and like a cleric like a cleric has to be a good storyteller and know the Bible, but pastors, we're talking about black pastors, they're almost always funny because they have a gift of gab, they have a sense of the theatrical, and they have a performative skill. And to have all of that, that generally means you also have a good sense of humor and you can deliver like comedy. And so it's like uh, every pastor I know, my pastor in Miami, Victor T. Curry, hilarious. He was, he was, I mean, he, unfortunately he suffered a stroke in the last several years. So it's brought down the comedy level a bit, but he was funny. He would do his, I mean, he had, a, they just have a gift of gab. It's part of being a pastor. 
Yeah, I was going to say my pastor, A.R. Bernard, at, you know, at a Christian Cultural Center is definitely very funny. But I would say, I was going to say, they have so many years to test out their material. Yes. Like, they can test jokes in the first service. Yes. Try it a little bit in the second <laughs> service. If it's a revival, they got By the time they get to revival, they just got their whole routine down. That's yes, hilarious. They can roll through Bible study in the morning yes. and a joke and test it out before the big service. They got time to test it out. Exactly. And I have a cousin, uh, Alfred Reed, who is a pastor, retired pastor, who is also very funny. But he comes, you know, our family, they're just funny people. Just a whole bunch of funny people. See but that? But we're saying. How are you in general? How are you doing? Because this is what our third show. Yes. We're on hiatus. And since you have started, you know, you're on the big show now, Monday through Friday. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're a member of the Lynx now. You're teaching, <laughs> you're teaching at Howard. You have something. But I know that you are really on top of managing your health. You're taking it very yeah. seriously. So how are you doing? No, everything is good. Uh, I am definitely taking better care of myself, taking better care of my health, you know, trying to be a little bit more, you know, careful about uh, my food, my eating, my weight, exercising, you know, trying to do all the good things to try to make it work. You know, you got to keep the keep the old body working. You know, a, a bitch is old now, so I got got to get it together. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bitch ain't young anymore, so I got to keep this structure together so it don't fall apart. Regina <laughs> Hall has inspired you to, to grasp. My favorite song. <laughs> it, that's my favorite song. Isn't that, that, isn't that the Bitch is old. That's my favorite song. I love that's it. That's how, how nonchalant she was about it. I just love everything about her. I love her so much. Yeah, no, that was, it was so brilliant that now that's just my, it's my theme. It's my theme. She's funny and everything, but I mean, that movie Little... She is so funny in Little. She's funny in everything, though. But she's also a talent, a talented dramatic act actress. She's just so good. I love her so much. Well, I'm glad you are doing better and feeling better. Yeah. Um, you know, we had to write that down as your wind down for this week. Hate <laughs> talking about yourself. <laughs> we went through a whole story about Reverend Sharpton. <laughs> And then, you know what I realized I'm on this. So I'm here on this, uh, on this, on this camera. And I just, I'm looking at the camera. I'm like, why does the camera look funny? Cause I'm not using my whole structure that, that Jason set up here. That's why the camera looks like this. That's why it's all yellow. Cause like, I don't have it set up. It looks nice though. It looks but it looks okay. We're going to go with it. We, you know, we're going to, we're going to fly with it. We're going to go with it. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to work with So that. how about you girl? Wind it down. What is happening? Oh my God. Um, I had, I'm having some issues with some oh. of my interns, you know, child. These You're the intern queen. What are you, what is happening? Oh, I can, I can definitely uh, wrangle some interns, but so I had this little situation. You tell me what you would have done if these were your interns. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So every other week and you will be on the schedule as soon as you take a breath but I have uh, speakers come via Zoom and meet with my students because I want it to be more than them feeling like they are, you know, doing assignments and things like that. I want to feel like it's an educational experience for them. Yeah. That's really important to me. So in addition to feedback that they get from me, they all get, they also get it from professionals, giving them an opportunity to not just learn from these professionals, but to network and to build their contact list, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I set it up via Zoom. 
Well, one of my girlfriends was the most recent guest and she called me immediately after and said, um, listen, I wouldn't say anything, you know, if it were anybody else but you, she said, because I know how you are. And she said, I know you have, you know, additional guests coming up. Mm -hmm. So I just want to let you know that above the five students you had on, only two of them had their cameras on. Mm -hmm. I said the entire time. She said, yeah. And she was like, you know, I, I, I didn't want to say anything to them, but I just felt like it was a little rude. And I was like, yeah, I feel the same way. And she said, you know, I've been, and mind you, this session had been rescheduled twice because right. of students' schedules. And this woman is a, you know how it is. She's got kids. She's a, you know, but she wanted to, I think she was driving when she did it. She's yeah. like, got a million things, but it was important for her. Just like you, you always make time for students yeah. and it was important for her to do this. So she does this, right? So I immediately call the students and I want to know first and foremost, why didn't you have? your camera and a couple of them that I talked to were like, yeah, and I'm paraphrasing because if yeah. there were long conversations, um, kind of like, what's the big deal? Uh, I, you know, not that they said it that way, but they were right. like, I don't get it. And I was explaining to them the importance of, and I was, I said to one student, I said, so why do you think I put this on zoom as opposed to a conference call? Give right. Yes. She was like, well, it's because it's more professional on Zoom. I said, no. I said, try again. And she said, well, because it's more personal. And I said, well, yes. I said, it gives you more of a chance to make a connection, right? Right. And I said, that's the whole reason. And, you know, the I had two students that no matter what analogy I gave, what I, you know, what I said about it being uh, unacceptable, you know, one of them's like, well, I think you're wrong. <laughs> And one was like, well, if we should have turned our cameras on, why didn't she tell us to turn it on? Why did she come running back to you? What? Yeah, you know what? Maybe this isn't the program. Well, so first of all, you figured out who the two that didn't have the cameras on, basically, oh, by I, that reaction. I, I knew who. Oh, I knew exactly who it was. I knew yeah. all the people who had their cameras off. Right. I knew who it was. I knew them immediately. I well, because someone told me who they were. Yeah, yeah. I knew who they were, and what? And I asked them. One girl said she was doing her hair. Her hair wasn't done. And I was just like, "You got to be kidding me! Who cares what your hair looks right. like? Right? You know what I mean? Put a hat on. Put a wrap on. You're home. You can. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it was. But I would. I would want to know what you would. I mean, because. I have some students, some young people that just go above and beyond. They know yeah. they should go up and give 200%. And I was talking yeah. to mine about this and they were like, oh, it's just this young generation. And I know, you know, these young people are the same age or close to age to your kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just wonder what you would say if a teacher calls you and said, yeah, we're having these classes and everybody's on showing up except for your child. Like, right. <laughs> People oh. dead. <laughs> okay, so like, so here's the thing. Okay, there's a couple things. Like, okay, so I do teach this class at Howard um, yeah. every week, every other week. And there are students who are in the class who do not have their cameras on. That is a thing that, that does happen. And it doesn't bother me personally um, because, you know, 
it's a choice I feel for them. They're home. You know, it is a very, this generation has been raised on social media where everything is visual. It's how you look, how your background looks, how your filter looks. Do you have the right filter? They've been sort of acclimatized to the way that you're, that you, that they feel they have to look and this sort of over perfection that's expected of young people. So I can understand the insecurity of people who are like, I didn't look right. My hair didn't look good. I wasn't on. That's, I think that's fair. Um, in the class that I taught, the first class, I had each student introduce themselves. And when they came on and introduced themselves, I expected their camera to be on because I want to know what they look like. We're in a class, right? right. Um, but after that, if people had their cameras off, I kind of figured you're there, but you're just maybe you don't want to be seen for a reason. So that wouldn't necessarily bother me. I'll be honest. That, it doesn't necessarily bother me. But, but, but here's the difference. Yeah. When I'm teaching these kids, they know that they're going to have me for six sessions. Right. They can then make the decision on how much they want to interact with me and me know who they are. And the ones who have their cameras on, I tend to think of them as the ones who want more connection, who want to get more out of it. So it gives me a better impression of them because I'm like, they obviously want me to know vi- visually who they are and to remember them. The others, they're not concerned about that. And that's fine. It's just, it's a judgment they've made. But if it was the only time I was ever meeting these kids, that's yeah. the difference with your with your speakers. They're not teaching them every week or seeing them every week. It hasn't become a, like my my team meetings are all on this thing called Teams, which is just like Zoom. Yeah, same. Most people keep their cameras off. I do. For, I, I do. Yeah. Right. Or I'll throw a head wrap on and get on if I want to be seen. And I don't mind. I'm like, you know, I love a rap. I love a rap moment anyway. You know, I love what you I mean. I think a rap is perfectly great. And I love that we as professional black women can now do a head wrap. So if you're not all done up and everything, you throw a head wrap on, you throw your glasses on, you look fabulous. So yes. I feel like if it was the only time I'm meeting this person and the and my leader of my intern, you know, session, you set this up for me to make an impression on this person. The only time I'm ever going to meet him, baby, get up, throw some powder on, stick a wrap on your head and put your camera on. Just because you're trying to be professional. If you, if you only meet the person once, you need to be visual. I, I think it's more professional. Think, let, let's say you, you didn't even have sense enough. Cause my thing, I think, and they're all black women, yeah. right? My students. So I think that, you know, clearly you have to have the message before you graduate, if not before you get to college, that you have to go above and beyond, yes. right? When it comes to every moment to make a connection, the whole reason that I do the internship the way that I do is because most of these students, um, you know, have to compete out in the world of media. Yeah. So really, and it's so saturated, right? And so you need to be the best of the best. We, and you also, it all boils down to who you know a lot of times. 100%. And here is your opportunity, your chance to connect eye to eye with somebody. And I am just like. Well, and can I edit one thing you said? Because I tell my kids, yeah. this is a, a saying I say to my children and I say this to my students. It is not who you know. I don't actually think that's true. I, it, it's who knows you. Yes, you have said that before. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Because I know a lot of people who don't know my behind. I met Bill Clinton. Yes. Bill Clinton doesn't know me. I don't know you. <laughs> yes. I, I, mean, I know I, him. Yes. He don't yes. know me. That's so it. if I right. Yes. You so, have, so, mm-hmm. and, and to to your point, what this woman said to me, what my colleague said to me was, and mind you, she had been going through so much personally, and really, I even said to her the night before, if you want to cancel, yeah please feel free, right? 
because um, she was dealing with a debt. And I was like, she was like, no, it's so important to me to do this. And I was like, okay. She said to me, she said, those two students that were on camera, she said, I would just lean into helping them and do anything. She said, the three that were not on camera, I, I don't know. Well, first of all, she wouldn't know them if they walked up to her and slapped her in the street. That's the first of all, the problem is if you have not made an impression visually with Making an impression. Yes. So how would they know if she then if the one of those students, let's say one of those two students came up to her in, in, in a an event, something and said, oh, my God, it's me, Joy Reid. And and she said, sorry, who you remember you my int I was one of the interns that you spoke to. She'd be like, you wanted them chase what you She's like, are you sure? Yes, yes, yes. I was there. How would you first of all, A, how would you prove it? Because she don't know what you look like. You never established yourself. To see the, you know, and so it, it is. And the other thing is, and this is the other thing I would tell students, I need to get you to come talk to my class because the, la the last two classes are going to be all about indus the industry. So I'm going I'm to beg you to come and talk to them because they need to hear this kind they of stuff. They better have the cameras on. Well, we'll see. Right. Because here's the thing is that if you are trying to make an impression on somebody who you think might be able to help you in the future, and they think of you as less than professional at this stage of your life. You've already put yourself back. And then as a black woman, right. as a woman period, and then as a black woman, you're already three steps back because uh -huh. the industry is so racist. So it's like, you've got to try to find a way to stand out. And how are you standing out? And then the other, and the last thing I will say is, how do you prove you even showed up? Because, you know, I had to do a, uh, I won't say where, but I had to do a meeting that was like a long and like, I didn't have the time and I really didn't have the time to do it, but I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> I want, you know what it is, but I'm not going to say what it was. And yes, honey, I turned that camera on and then I walked out the room and did all my other stuff that I had to do because I was busy and I didn't have hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to, to sit. And so if you don't put your camera on, how does the person know you didn't leave the room? How do they even make a connection with you? How do they know that you're leaning into the moment? How do they even know that you're interested? And listen, I get it. These are tough times. These kids are doing going to school from home. Yeah. You know, and all the issues that may exist in their household. There's a lot of, you know, depression and issues. Yeah. I mean, I went through that, you know, yeah. early on, you know, myself with with uh, with people that aren't in school every day, dealing yeah. with being at home, COVID, racism, mm -hmm. you know, this last presidency, you know, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I get that. But my thing is, if you're not going to be able to show up, then say something. Say, yes. you know what? I am I will not be able to be there tomorrow because this. Just don't go. Right. Just say, I can't make it. Mm -hmm. Say yeah. you're not going to be able you're to right. make it other than, I, you should, to me, it's better to, to, to make no impression at all. And That's right. Don't be there. They make a bad impression because if she came to you and said something, that means they made a bad impression on her, and that's bad. Yeah, girl, you could have. I could have. I could have touched this, and it would have burned. I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and then the thing is, is that they're they're your intern, so they make an they make an impression on your behalf. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I was so pissed off, and then the pushback. I don't get it. I don't get why you. What was the big deal? I still ask questions. 
I'll just say it depends on the situation. Some of my students, you know, and if my students are downloading, read this, read that, I don't have, a, I don't mind if you put your camera off, you know, and you ask questions and for whatever reason, but we are going to be together for multiple sessions. That's different than a, a one time. It, it makes a better impression to have your camera on in a Zoom. That is very true. If, I were, if you don't know the people, if you don't know the person. Student in your situation, that in your class, that, that was like, I'm not, unless you said off the bat, I'm not going to, listen, turn your camera on, turn it off. I don't care. It yeah. doesn't matter. But you just said that you feel that the students with their cameras on are kind of a little more leaned into the whole process, right? Oh, yeah. Form a connection. You know, I mean, yeah. what you said, do or don't or not. I mean, I would want to have my camera on or for the young folks listening out there, I would communicate with whoever is teaching the professor or whatever and say, listen, Sometimes I'm going to have my camera off because of this. Is that okay? Right. I mean, yeah. For a lot of students, they don't know that it's okay. And it, it really benefits you to just communicate sometimes. That's true. Just say, listen, I'm not making excuses, but if it's okay, yeah. I'm going to have my camera off. They have to realize once they get to the collegiate level, they yeah. have to make these decisions in a moment. This is make or break stuff. You and also I get you a cute headshot for your still if you're not going to be on. <laughs> And change your email uh, address to your name. Do it. Yes. Just your name. Don't be sweet spot 33 and all that craziness. That's probably somebody's email address. Just sexy 69, 69. If you sexy 69, 69, you ain't gonna get no job. Please. I mean, you may get a date, but you ain't gonna get a job. You ain't gonna get no job. It's not gonna work. So that's, you know, I'm just dealing with um, intern stuff, but I got two great new interns now since i have positions open and yeah <laughs> <laughs> oops uh and and we'll, yes yes Ooh, you know listen y'all don't know though those of y'all read this read that listen you don't know jackie reed runs a very tight internship she don't play them i would be afraid to be jackie's intern and that my cousin <laughs> so i'm so nice but i do have a high standard no, you have a high standard. I've seen you operate. They, the, the intern, it's like, it is the best. Your, your internships to me are the best uh, introduction to going into the workplace because you have to be disciplined. You have to do what you're supposed to do. You have to show up on time. You have to show up and show out. And that prepares you to be ready. Because listen, I'm telling you, this game is not easy. And it's, it cuts people out. It leaves people on the cutting room floor, honey. People get left on the cutting room floor. And if you don't want to be, you better be ready, ready, steady every, all, every day. Every minute, prepared. Oh, so competitive. Prepared. There are a thousand and one people, if not ten thousand. All want that job. Exact, exact job. So how are you going to stand out? That's right. It might be the recommendations that you have, and guess what? That's right. The woman that was that you had that Zoom with might might have been the recommendation that you needed. Yeah, it's true. But anyway, don't real get talk. Girl, I might do some alcohol. <laughs> oh, we, now we didn't talk hot topics, girls. We got so many. We got to yes, we got to no, get... start with Texas because oh. I, your show tonight, girl, Ted Cruz. Rafael. <laughs> Rafael Cruz from Canada. What are you doing? He was uh, in La Playa when he was supposed to be in Texas. So wait, what the us, actual hell? Give us the details. So Texas, of course, is having a, you know, record-breaking snowstorm, you know, record-breaking frigid temperatures, power outages. People don't have water. They have to boil their waters. People are dying. It, there are horrific conditions. And Senator Ted Cruz um, decided that he and his family were going to leave the state and go to Cancun. Mm-hmm. And you all read him 
proper on the readout today. I love it because now is he back? He's back now. He's right? back. Oh, he, he came running back. He, so, so Heidi, the same wife that Donald Trump called ugly and then Ted didn't do anything about it. I guess she stayed married to him, um, was texting with her friends earlier in the week because this freak storm hit. And I want to say it hit like Sunday into Monday. It hit over the weekend and it's a freak, like 100 year storm. You don't know normally snow in Texas. It's not just snowing. It's a giant blizzard. Climate change is hitting Texas full on. And the storm hits and, you know, people start losing power because what you have to know about Texas is Texas has its own grid. So most of America is on various grids. There's a grid in the Northeast that the one that went down from Hurricane Sandy when that happened, because the grid, you know, got hit by the storm, by a hurricane that hit New York, which is not supposed to happen. Climate change. So when that happens, it's the federal government's problem. Climate change and its ties to animal agriculture, but go on. Well, listen, it's animal agriculture, everything that's causing it. Climate change is destroying, slowly but surely destroying the earth. It's flooding Florida. It's it's destroying, it's causing hurricanes to happen in the Northeast where they shouldn't happen. It's causing catastrophic, insane fires in Florida. Forest fires that they're having. Yes. It's crazy. So floor, so to the version of climate change that's hitting Texas is a giant freak snowstorm right at the Texas border. It's crazy. So this thing happens. The, the, the you know millions of people lose power. Twenty three people have died. Some of whom were trying to heat their homes with their car. You know, being in their car trying to stay warm and suffocating to death. People who are getting burned because they're trying to burn stuff. You know, to try to stay warm. People are burning their clothes because they don't have anything else to burn to try to they keep their, their kids warm. Running in the garage, which is dangerous. Dying. You have people running to shelters in the middle of a of a pandemic where they're afraid of getting COVID, but people have no food. The stores have no food on the shelves. Water's running out. They're telling people they have to boil water because the water system is down. But you can't boil water if you don't have electricity. So people are using outdoor, um, you know, you know what do you call it? You know, barbecue grills to heat their water. It's crazy. It's out of control. And, and he the junior up and leave. And the junior senator and his wife are like texting with their friends. Oh, we should go to Cancun. And and he so he flies off with his family with a big old Toomey bag, big packed bag gets busted because people see him in the airport and start tweeting his picture out that was Ted Cruz on his way out of the country. Somebody figures out where he's going. He's headed off to a beautiful place off of Cancun. It's an even nicer place. It's not even in Cancun. It's like outside Cancun. And he's and with his wife and his kids gets busted, then hauls ass back to Texas. On the way back, gives an interview to Telemundo in which he bla- he throws his kids under the bus and says, my daughters, because, you know, the, the power went out, just like so many families, we lost power. So my daughters were like, can we get away with friends to Cancun? And I had to accompany them. Lie number one. First of all, you blaming your kids for the things you did wrong. You're an adult. They're children. They don't, if, they, if my kids told me they wanted to go to the moon, I'm not going to go buy a damn rocket and say they asked to the moon. When my kids have to stay home, they want to they go party right now. They got all sorts of crap they want to do. And they've grown ups and they don't can't do it. So you telling me that your kids, children who are minors, you blaming them. That's the first problem. Number two, did you have power or did you not have power? Because, baby, you were on a radio show on Monday saying you had power and that your neighbor's kids were swimming in your pool. 
because your house was fine. Number three, you're claiming that you only wanted to accompany your children to Mexico so you could escort them. Where the wife at? Because there's pictures that sure do look like Heidi is with the kids and you came back from Texas alone. Did you leave your children alone in, in Mexico? No, you didn't, baby, because you were there with your wife. She could have taken them if you were going to be such a derelict, non-giving you know, non a damn about Texan Texan, you got to let your wife be the non-giving a damner and let her go with the kids. She married to you. She's there. I know you don't, you know, Trump said she was ugly, but she's still capable of taking the children. And then you go with that lie. Say, then you run back and say you were just trying to be a good father because your children needed to go. You know, better O'Rourke has kids. He's there staying freezing with everybody else, giving out water. Your ass feels like you need to just take care of only your family and nobody else. Lied about everything. He should and now so Democrats and Republicans are roasting him. The memes are epic, epic about him. And it's all he deserves it. I have one question. Yes. What difference will it make when it comes time for him to run for re-election? If Trump can get away with what he's gotten away with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what Republicans are really, at the end of the day, going to take a stand against him strong enough to threaten him winning that seat? Are they going to run someone against him? Like, what's going? What will be the consequences? You know, with the new Republican Party that we have, and with you know half the country you know being Trumpers, and with with Ted Cruz, you know having you know, being one of the biggest Trumpers of them all. Like, what difference is it going to make? So, so first of all, they're not going to run somebody against them. The head of the Texas Republican Party is a guy named Alan West, who used to be a congressman, a one-term congressman from Florida who is absolutely out of his mind. He's the guy who said we need to take our muskets and march into the Capitol when Barack right. Obama was elected. He's black. And he still was like, we need to take our muskets and basically go shoot up the Capitol because Obama got elected because he's a socialist, blah, blah, blah. But then still ran to Maxine Waters and the CBC when they did a job there because his brother needed a job in Georgia. So that's who's the head of the Texas Republican Party. They are slaves to Donald Trump like every other Republican Party. They're not nominated nobody. They don't care if Ted Cruz is terrible. They don't care. They don't care. And also he incited an insurrection that could have gotten Mike Pence and the speaker killed and they didn't say anything to him. They never, this man is an insurrectionist. That's my point. He, he's not no. even a loyal, he's not even loyal to the country and to the constitution. No, They're not doing nothing. No, but, okay, here's the but. Okay. He barely beat better O'Rourke. That race was within like a point. Mm. He, the Democrats only barely lost that race in 2018 with Beto. And that seat is up again in 2024 because it's a six-year term, mm -hmm. which means that he will be up for re-election in a presidential year, which means it won't be midterm turnout like you were dealing with in 2018. It will be presidential level turnout. And slowly but surely, Texas is going purple. It is inevitable. It's getting closer and closer. It's much more winnable as a state than Florida, which is going the other direction in turning into Alabama. Texas is slow, is inevitably going to be purple. Why? Because Texas is already majority Hispanic. It's not kind of Hispanic. It's more Hispanic than California is. There's more percentage wise. So eventually because Hispanics vote 65, 35 Democratic, even if you keep the 35% in the GOP, eventually the state is going. And Hispanics are the youngest population in America. They're the fastest growing population in America. And not only does Texas have a lot of Latinos, 
It's got a lot of Asian-Americans who are 65, 35, even 70, 30 Democratic. And it's got a growing number of African-Americans, including a lot of ex-people from Louisiana who moved there after Katrina. So because of the demographics, his race in 20, with this on his, this plus the insurrection, he's going to have a much harder time winning re-election in 2024. It's going to be rough for him because he's got no good story to tell. And he barely beat Beto. And here's the other fun thing. Beto might run again. There is a rumor that he might try to run against Cornyn, the other senator, because he got so, or not against Cornyn, sorry, against the governor, against the governor. So if the, when the governor's race is up too, that's going to test where we're looking, how we're looking in two years when the governor's race is up. Let's see how that goes if, if Beto runs. Because Beto is be, emerged as a real hero of this. He's been pushing and he's been doing phone banks. He and his family have been doing phone banks and trying to help people and delivering water. While this man, Ted Cruz, Rafael, has been running off. And here's what, oh, so we had Matthew Dowd on tonight. He said the best thing. He said, Ted Cruz, who was against a wall, who was, who was for a wall to keep Mexicans who were suffering and people from Central America who wanted to come to America to make a better life for their family. His excuse for going to Mexico is that he wanted to go to Mexico to make a better life for his family. That was a good line. You're, you're, are you muted? Oh, I can't hear you, Jackie. Uh-huh. Oh, you're back. You know, and so it's like he he literally is like he needed to go make a better life, make a, have a better life for his family in Mexico. I saw, I saw that coming. Okay, so let's move on because we yes. have a lot of hot topics to get yeah. to, but we'll see what happens with Mr. Ted Cruz. Let's talk about Justin Timberlake, who seems to be on an apology tour uh, this week. Sorry, apology I'm sorry. Sorry. To Britney Spears and... Janet Jackson um, saying that he should have done better. I don't have the word for word in front of me of the apology, but he only mentioned each of them, I think only once, uh, but went on and on uh, to talk about how sorry he was for not uh, being better towards them. Um, you know, at the, in the time, you yeah. know, this is after this documentary. The I Britney doc, the New York Times Britney doc, which everyone is talking about. And woo, yeah, baby, it's called that was a doc. Framing Britney and really every everybody's apologizing. Everybody's going after Diane Sawyer. They should. I mean, the reality is, is Britney came up in that late '90s, early 2000s, extremely misogynistic era in R&B music and in hip hop because we know you had Russell Simmons. Wait, 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 wait. I don't what? care about Britney Spears. No, I do care about her. I think she's very sweet. But I got to talk about Janet first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Janet first. Yes. We can go back to Britney. Yeah. Um, even though the documentary was based on her, I thought it was interesting that because after people saw this documentary, they went after Justin Timberlake saying, based on what they learned in the documentary, yeah. that he apologized to her. And so now after years of people saying, you should apologize to Janice, yeah. to Janet, right? And it was really people on social media. And we've been saying this for years. Yeah. Even going far as making Super Bowl Sunday uh, Janet Jackson Appreciation Day. It's Janet Jackson and Colin Kaepernick Appreciation Day. Yeah, but Janet Jackson in this case. And it's like, you know, he didn't succumb to all of those cries for an apology. And yeah. now all of a sudden he is apologizing. And no shade to Britney Spears. I really like her. And I do think that she got a raw deal. Even though I haven't seen the documentary, I knew that. Oh, it's good, girl. It's good. I mean, it shows you the misogyny. It's I mean, like what she, 
keep Janet Jackson's name out of your mouth. I, a lot of people, we posted this on our social media, and a lot of people are like, eh, keep it. It's too little, too late. Specifically about Janet. Yeah, I mean, he needed to apologize to Britney because it was more personal. He had a personal relationship with Britney. They broke up. He went on a whole media tour blaming it on Britney. Britney, And they show you in the film just how abused she really was by misogynistic press coverage, all, all people right. expecting her to, you know, that she's at fault when they broke up. Just she was mistreated. And then the father's like all in her money. So the, it's a really great doc, by the way. I'm not even a Britney Spears mu fan of her music. I never was really into her music. But it's just a great story. But, yeah. you know, it only focuses on that. And it does talk about how me he was to her and how publicly mean and, and mocking her and sort of make and making that whole song that video that was like all about her but you're right out of that it was a reminder that justin is a part of an industry in, in an industry-wide issue that is disparaging of and dismissive of women but of black women even more because Janet Jackson, in a lot of ways, that Super Bowl incident where he pulled that piece of her bustier off and exposed her nipple, destroyed yeah. her career. And Les Moonves, who also now has gone down in a huge scandal, Les Moonves. Moonbez. Moonbez, whatever. He he from there in a lot of ways, he and Justin and all these men, these white men, white men. destroyed one of the greatest careers in musical history over something that wasn't even her fault no and so. i mean justin timberlake was not only forgiven for that he was able to go to the mtv awards you know acting roles after that movies roles, he was able to do so much and she was uninvited to the mtv awards i mean and then we see him being invited to perform and headline a super bowl in which he put in which he put prince on it on a, on a, on a, on a shake which is nothing that Prince ever wanted done. If you look at interviews by him, that is something he felt was demonic. And Horrible. Part of. But specifically, you know, with me, I listen, I, I don't know much about the relationship with Britney. I learned about it through what I've read about this movie and that apparently he accused her of cheating. He did. Everybody, even they were saying, Diane Sawyer in an interview was saying, why did you do that to him? You broke his heart, you know, and moved her to tears and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just feel bad for Brittany and this whole conservatorship yes. and not having control of her life yes. and her money. But she has won a case on that, by the way. She just won a really big case to try to move her father out of her business. But yeah, well, no, you're right. It's to share the conservatorship now. So it's not just her father who has control, but there's another company that they will both make decisions. Right. About, about her happened. life and her money. So that's, that's really good for her. But again, you know, I love me some Janet. Yes, I love Janet too. And I, Brittany has said after hearing about this whole thing about uh, uh, Justin Timberlake apologizing, uh, Britney uh, Spears has said that she doesn't really hold any hard feelings against him. You yeah. know, what I mean? she gets what it's like to have people come after you. Yeah. I haven't heard anything of you from Janet about nope. this apology, any kind of response. Nope. Haven't heard anything. And Janet has had a really harder time coming back after this. And that's the shame yeah. of it. Is it remember when Britney came back into the I'm Britney bitch moment and it was so huge? Janet has not had a similar kind of moment since then. And it's really a shame because well, she because really Janet had like like you were saying, Les Moonves and like all of CBS and so many yeah. people that you know, those people all run in the same circles. So he may be at CBS, but he's, you know, friends over at this with this record company, with this, you know, over at MTV and well, that's all Viacom CBS. Well, but and it's like she didn't get an opportunity. She never had an opportunity to recover professionally yeah. because no one wanted to give her an op the chance. 
Well, I mean, and the, and the, the you know, CBS, because, for, you know, for those who weren't really following it, because CBS had the Super Bowl that year and C, and, and conservatives went after C, CBS um, with the FCC because the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, does control broad, you know, they can fine broadcasters they, for you know, signed. They, they and they got fined. They got fined. And I can tell you, having very briefly worked at CBS Standards and Practices, they are the strictest, at least when I was there, the strictest standards and practices department in the entire world and very moralistic and very, when I was there, all white. There was nobody. I was the only black person in that little department and I was just a a secretary. So the reality is, is that basically she was being judged by basically white men who had the decision to make, you know, on what to do to somehow punish her. But that was a two-person act. It was him that grabbed this thing, obviously grabbed too much fabric and ripped her, exposed her breast on live TV. And the woman who's been exposed and humiliated in a lot of ways in that moment is blamed for it. That's classic treatment of women and of black women in particular in our history. Racist, racist, sexist, and and everything. And then people, when I posted about this um, on my social media, people were talking about, well, what about what he did to uh, SZA? And I was like, well, what did he do to her? What did he do to SZA? Apparently when she was on Ellen, the two of them were on Ellen for something. I did not see it, but I heard about it. He just kept cutting her off. Not only when Ellen would ask SZA directly a question, Justin would you know, this was fairly recently, would cut her off and answer for her and would talk, you know, like in a black, you know, vernacular, oh, girl, you know, you know how some white people do, which I cannot mm-hmm. say. It drives cannot. me crazy. It's like, if you were not, were not raised like a Tina Marie or somebody like that. Yeah, you, like, please don't. Don't do that. Don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't stand it. I cannot stand when people get around black people or when they get on stage or something and they want to be seen as cool. And yeah. And so they talk black. It drives yeah. me crazy. It's, 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 it's a lot. So he was doing that and people came after him on social media for being rude to SZA and not letting her really speak. He's got that white boy energy. He's got that, he's got that big, big white man energy. He has a big movie out right now. He does. And so people are saying that, that now this is why he's apologizing. Of course. Just on the heels of the Britney Spears documentary. Of course. He's got a big movie. He has this big movie. His publicists probably said, you're going to want to do that apology. Now you might as well include Janet Jackson, just to make sure this movie does well. I'm sure his publicist so in your had opinion, What yeah. could he do to make it right for Janet? Our, you know, Brittany says she's all right. What about Janet? What would you say that he could do that would, if he could not make it right, would be a huge yeah. step in the right direction? Well, if you were Janet's manager and you were at the table with his people and yeah. they were like, let's, they're like, we want to do something to make this right miss jackson i would if 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 it could you know if i could sort of write the script for it myself what he should do is first of all in giving his interviews when he does his first set of big interviews for the movie when he's going to do the the publicity he should apologize to her on camera like he should make the apology verbal not just a statement statement. Uh yeah and then i think you know if if she was willing to do it maybe they make some music together so she can get paid off of it. Like, you know, if he, if he still, you know, wants to make music and she's still interested in making music, maybe that's like their sort of, you know, recompense and the way they're going to come back together is as artists and come up with some music they can do together, you know, that she can financially benefit from it. you know, nothing says, I'm sorry, like a chick. I don't know. I like the public apology 
verbally. I don't know. So they can make good music together. I mean, look, Justin Timberlake, as much as he, I feel like he's got some white, 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 white male energy issues, is a really good musician. And he's a talented songwriter. And I, he could probably write some great music for them to do together. And she would get paid off of it. 2004. I don't even know any of his music beyond 2004. So I mean, who does? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who does? I gave up. Girl, I left him alone after that. I was so mad. But I almost wish that he could, you know, I don't know, like if there was a soundtrack to this movie that had not already been done. Yeah, like put her on the soundtrack. That would be good. Put her on the soundtrack if that had, right. But he would have had to want that like that that's, that's separate from him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would want her to do something for him to back something or give her an opportunity um, to do something on her but, own. He should have her to the, to the Super Bowl. That but was, also, that it's was like an opportunity. Yeah, it was a missed opportunity. But also, I personally think that maybe he doesn't have to do anything but the public apology. But the NFL should bring Janet back They're and give her it. the Super Bowl. And we should have Jay-Z, who's but in charge he- of the talent now. Jay-Z should step up. And he should have stepped up for Colin Kaepernick to get back in the league. Colin needs to get a job. And yeah. Janet needs to get the Super Bowl halftime show. I agree. But That's I'm a not- great apology. I'm not going to take away... Justin Timberlake's opportunity to make this right. I don't know what it is, and maybe some of our listeners can chime in on this, but he specifically needs to make it right. Doesn't need to be on the NFL. I agree. They do need to make it right, but they're not. Put her in the Super Bowl. Put her in the Super Bowl. They're not going to do it. It's too many white owners and all that. And it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And Jay Z, he can't make it happen. Yes, he can. No, he couldn't. Because no, I I beg to differ because his company. If he his company, then Kaepernick would then. If but Jay-Z he didn't go on a limb for that. Didn't want to. He if didn't Jay-Z go on a limb. If Jay Z had power with the NFL, something moved with Kaepernick. No, but I so no, I disagree because Jay Z has made the decision, and there was a whole controversy that happened at the time that he got that big deal because you know his company that also represents Van Jones. Whole long story. Um, they have a contract. That's why you saw her. And um, Jasmine Sullivan and uh, Homeboy, who did the super the halftime show. Jay Z actually has the contract to to put the the talent on. So why didn't he put that Janet plays on? for the NFL the Super Bowl? Why didn't That's his contract. Why didn't he do Janet instead of the weekend? Because the weekend exactly he so he could he has the power to make that happen. So why didn't he do it? That's what I'm saying. He's mm-hmm. not. They're, they're only going to let him go so far. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. He has a lot of power. He has a contract. Doesn't mean that he's just calling all the shots. I don't know. No, but he has a lot of power. If he were to say, I tried to get Janet Jackson the Super Bowl and they wouldn't, and they said no, it would be a PR nightmare. Like, you got to use the power you have. This dude, they want him and need him in position. They like talent. They don't want to. I don't think NFL wants to completely piss off uh, you know, uh, the, the black people out there who do love and support the NFL because there are black fans. So I don't think that they want to absolutely do that. No. So, so but I think that Jay-Z, Jay-Z is not just calling the shots because no, but he could, he could go out and try. I mean, he, listen, I'm just saying, he could, he could. I'll say this. If Jay-Z were just calling if Jay-Z, if it was Jay-Z's call alone, why in the hell was the weekend the headliner of the Super Bowl halftime. Because he, because I think he's on his label. He's on his label. Wow. I'm telling you, he has, it. he picks, but remember, it. they, I'm, I'm just saying, he pick, he picks it. I it's think his, he may pick it, but they have to approve it. 
Probably. But I'm sure that he also, her, 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 who I love, is not a huge, huge name in the industry. And I'm sure that they did that. Nobody on an NFL committee knows who she is, and no one, none of them know who Jasmine Sullivan but is. That was a lesser thing. That wasn't. No, it wasn't. That was singing the national anthem. That's what Whitney Houston no. did. That's the Whitney no, no, Houston no, no, no. gig. That's a big deal. Who sings the national anthem? I say lesser. It was still at the halftime, but it was not the halftime show. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it wasn't that moment. Yeah, but that I mean, Whitney Houston he could have been a second act in there. He could have like thrown. He could have thrown Janet. But he there. probably isn't even thinking. See, the other thing is, we're just assuming that he's having this conversation in his own head, and yeah. he's probably not even thinking about this stuff. This isn't stuff that he's necessarily even thought about. No one's bringing this to him. So I mean, we're just assuming that he's aware of this. And I mean, I don't know that he's thinking about that. I think Janet Jackson, I unfortunately, I think she's out of the conversation in a lot of ways in terms of the industry. She is. She since her tour that then had to get rescheduled because it was canceled. And remember when, when Jason and I went, we were like way up at the top because they rescheduled our tickets to some crazy tickets. That's a whole nother story. Well, listen, we don't want to run out of time before yes. we uh, talk about what you're going to do for you this weekend. So what? Oh, we doing? didn't talk about Bridgerton. <laughs> we don't have time. We have two minutes. <laughs> okay, well, what am I going to do for me this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I'm going to sleep a lot and watch TV. <laughs> you still loving your weekend? That's my dream. I'm living the dream. That's my only dream I have in life. What are you watching right now? So I'm, I just started watching this new show on Netflix, which I'm going to forget the name. It's called Behind, Behind Her Eyes. It's a British mini, mini series that is on Netflix. And it's about this British uh, psycholo- psych- psychiatrist who has like a kind of almost affair with his secretary who they run into each other in a bar. And the secretary is this black woman. She's beautiful. She looks Ethiopian. Um, and the guy is this like Scottish guy. And he's got this beautiful wife at home. But there's this whole mis- mystery about their relationship that I feel is going to emerge into some sort of dark mystery. So it's a, it's the kind of show I like. That's a dark mystery, you know, that's some kind of probably psychiatric issue with the woman and maybe a murder and stuff like that. You love that kind of stuff. I love it. I- um what are you gonna do for you i am going to just kind of relax and do some blogging for vegansexycool.com and just get ready for monday we got another snow day in new york tomorrow we had one today um i know you all have it down there we know oh it's snowing yeah. um but yeah that's it just for taking it easy yeah. I mean, because you know what? It's having a weekend again. I had forgotten what it was like since I used to work weekends for four years. I look my, what I literally look forward to on the weekend is just literally sitting my ass on the couch and not doing a damn thing. And it is the it is the best feeling ever to just sit there like a bump on a log, watch Tiffany Cross and Jonathan Capehart shows oh. and be like, that's cute. And watch that and enjoy them and just not have to do a damn thing. That's what I, I, I live for it. My weekend revolves around those shows from 10 to 12 on Saturday and Sunday. And um, Allie Velshi. I started Allie. I, I turn on the TV at 8 for Allie. And yeah. then I watch from Allie on. And I love it. It's too much news for me. I got to <laughs> for people that are going to hyper-focus on Black things. Although you tell Jonathan Capehart to stop with that ski and mess. Uh, girl, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I was so... But, but the head of AKA did go on with him to follow to kind of clean it up, but yeah, that was bad. Well, when I heard it happen, I was like, I, I heard it and then I watched it and I was like, see, that's what happens when you don't go to an HBCU. Well, and if you didn't, just just stay, just just back off from it, you know. 
If you're not really familiar, I mean, Mark, I thought Mark Lamont Hill had a really great post on Instagram. That's how I found out and he was it. really, yeah, and he was understanding about it, you know, because he didn't mean any harm, obviously. He didn't mean oh, it. it was not done in a harmful way. No. It's just, you know, just he just didn't know, you know, so. Mm interesting times all right you guys well that does it for this edition of read this read that thank yeah. you for tuning in be sure to watch joyanne read every monday through friday 7 p.m to 8 p.m just one hour but that's all you need girl. that's all you get that's all you get, that's all you get. i'm tired and i gotta go to bed i need sleep you can so watch her on social media because she's always on there somehow way into the wee hours of the morning somehow. i'm somehow still tweeting i'll be asleep like i just have one more thought that I just need to get out there. It's just so important for me to just say a couple of things. I'm so sorry. I know I need to sleep. Jason, I know the light is making you wake up, but your snoring also makes me wake up, so don't don't get on me. I just needed to say a thing. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hit send. Hold on. Um, if you can follow Jackie. <laughs> you, can follow, you can follow. You can watch Jackie read on New York Live, 1130 a.m. on WNBC. In New York, but if you happen to be in Boston, you have to wait one additional hour to 12.30 for you to watch it there, and that way you can get all your Jackie Reed and her wonderful co-host, and they say all the things about entertainment, um, so you can follow her. But the most important thing that you need to do is you <laughs> need to get on with that vegansexycool.com, vegansexycool.com, vegansexycool on Instagram, so you can get all your recipes, all your fashion, you can get all your vegan tips, and you can find out how you can get off that meat, because meat gonna kill you and make your colon blow up. Come on. Come on. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> and also, you make it climate change happen. So if you're eating that burger, every time you take a bite, just think, you make it Texas freeze. Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> Very much. Follow us on social media. Read this, read that. On Twitter, leave off the tea for saving. Bye. I'm not a vegan, but I play one on Vegan Sexy Club. Whatever. <laughs> Love you, cuz. Bye. Bye. <laughs>